0: Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss all things rentally, ballsy, sort of hilly, maybe a little bit, like man-made hills I guess at least, is my dear friend Sarah. <laughs> How are you Sarah?
1: I'm alright, I'm not actually dying, but I lies, worse yeah. than I
0: am. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, got an airport disease, I think. Yeah, you're not you're not all right at all. I send you to the <laughs> Netherlands for one race, one race, and you bring back all the lurgies. What the hell?
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, everything in the everything in the Netherlands is more civilized and polite and effective, <laughs> even their diseases. So yes, I am. I, I may be a little bit coffee today. I will try to remember to hit the um, mute button.
0: Alright, well, good luck to us all on that front. Um, But, while you were at uh, the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour this week, just gone, uh, that's not the first race that we need to catch up on, because last time we spoke was just before Plouay weekend, and... Ploé was a bit too awesome to leave off.
1: I oh, think. Ploé. We say yes, so we're going to talk... we are going to talk bowls. We're not going to go through the racing bang by bang, but I just want to talk about what it means. And we've also got some... Of course, we've got some... I mean, you know, Worlds is coming up. Of course, we've got Polemica. I mean, mm. God... It's one of those. It's one of those traditions. We're going to talk about traditions we didn't. We don't want in yes. cycling anymore. Tra- thank you very much.
0: Traditions we no longer have room for. So yeah, yeah. Look
1: out for that. We, we, we got one of those. I mean, my other traditions we don't have room for are not paying riders contracted wages, um, teams not paying their rights, sponsors not paying the the money they have said they're going to pay. Blah blah blah. We all have some, yeah. some of those in our life, and we're going to talk about another one of those that's like a tradition that we could just see burn in hell. Exactly. Exactly. Um Plu Dan, we watched it didn't we because yeah. Plu-ay, oh, Plu yeah. Plu so interesting
0: it really was very interesting and it was like look i mean we talked about before or last time um how plu is one of those races that has this this history of being won in lots of interesting ways and things like that, but also you know there is a real joy in it being uh, part of this block of racing that we have towards the end of the season where there's heaps of these races shown live. You know, so we've had the yes. Gorda, the Ladies Tour of Norway, Plouay. You know, we've got Worlds coming up. Um, you know, there's there's lots of lots of racing that we can see, which as you say also helps give us a, a much better context as we head into Worlds. So yeah. Um, like you say I guess you know by now everyone knows the, the results of Ploet you know Lizzie Dayen, um taking out the win uh, ahead of Pauline Ferrand Prevot and Sarah Roy rounding out the podium um, basically what I really I, I just found the end game of this race just fascinating like the the the, the Lizzie Pauline narrative is just yeah super interesting
1: yeah, I mean it's a really interesting one to try and follow because Plouay is absolutely famous for being. It has the first part of the loop is in stunning, beautiful, wild French forests, um, just gorgeous. But there's no mobile updates, and mm. whoever was doing the UCI race Twitter this week, I, I that week, I don't know what they were on because I I, I completely understand that the race radio wasn't giving many updates, right? But they were saying things like, at, at like 60 miles in, 60 kilometers in, they were saying, oh, no attacks yet.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, that that really does sound like someone who's actually, you know, accidentally had too many drinks the night before and is still in bed and and not actually listening to race radio and...
1: No, I mean, I can, yeah, I can like... imagine that Race Radio might have said it, but but you know, like, there is literally no way in the GP de Plouet they all rode gently on peloton, politely and smilingly together for the first 40 to 60 kilometers. It my, just theory,
0: anyway. my theory is that they were actually tuned into the wrong radio channel and accidentally listening to a men's race.
1: Ha! My yeah. Anyway, it's it's it was it was a bit weird. But so, Plouay is really difficult because the first half is almost impossible to follow. And I do have a lot of sympathy for people trying to update races from, uh, from a team car where there's no mobile coverage. I mean, God knows I've done it myself. But yeah. there's ways to do that. And one thing to do is to tell people, manage expectations. And also, you know, you you say you say, um, there hasn't been a major breakaway of the day gone yet. Hmm. You don't say yeah. you know you, you don't you well, no, no 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 attacks have been allowed to go. Look, and you, that's
0: exactly and you've talked about before how you can do things like that and then also set up the follow on tweets then that go but we've had attacks from xyz you know abc and you could just list them but not actually try and have to give them as live updates. You know, yeah, and, I mean, if, yeah. if
1: I yeah, if I was doing a race as notorious as Plouay for being um un for being in no mobile coverage, what I would do is I would um pre-plan. You know, you can pre-write tweets mm. and set them to go if you're using like Tweet Deck and stuff like that, and you can set them off to go at certain times. I'd look on my map and I'd look at where we were in the most extreme part of the course. And I just have pre, um, what do you call it? Pre, pre-written tweets yeah, draft that would go tweets. out saying, no, 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 not, not draft tweets, but you can you can get them to go at a certain time.
0: Oh, scheduled. Yes, sorry. Yep. Scheduled.
1: So I'd have scheduled tweets, so I could say, um, so I know that at eleven forty-five, for example, we're going to be at the very far end of the course, and there's where well, I know there's no mo- mobile signal. Thus, at eleven forty-five, an automatic t- automated tweet goes out going, we have very little mobile signal on this course we're really sorry we'll update as soon as possible
0: yeah and, and i was i was actually before you said that was thinking that's the way that like my favorite racers have always handled that sort of thing and i remember like our friend clara beard when she is doing um you know oh, she's 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 so great at at um yeah like 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 um tour of the Hiller, yeah exactly where it's like we're about to head head into this dead zone in the mountains you know next updates should be in about eight minutes or something like that you know like it's really useful and yeah yeah and it's not hard anyway. to keep people informed anyway yes
1: yeah. so you start off with plue where it's a kind of non-ideal situation we're trying to follow the race And then the live TV comes on, and it's fantastic. And they do a lot of stuff where they have not just the live TV, but they also split screen into rider interviews before the race started. Now, of course, they're French TV in a French race, so the the interviews are mostly in French, right? No surprise. But that's you know, it's that I find really useful.
0: And also, look, let's uh, I I would feel confident saying that the vast majority of cycling fans um, at the international level for them I think that's part of the charm and joy of the sport is the international nature of the Peloton and the the host broadcasters and, and stuff. I always love listening in host country languages. You know, Italian races are better in Italian. Dutch races sound better in Dutch. Like it just is <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. So so what do we know? So as I mean Plu-A is it's it's predictably unpredictable if that makes any sense mm. at all. Um It was the first time we've really seen Pauline Fran Prevost race this season. Um, She's raced maybe eight races in total, but it's pretty much been a year off for her. I mean, God knows she deserved it after her hideous medical issues last year. And so she's been taking it. She's obviously got some kind of very special contract with Canyon Mm -hmm. where it doesn't matter what she does. But this was seeing Pauline for the first time in two years back to her insanely good 2015 best
0: yeah and and back back to her best on the road you know she's she's been back in other disciplines a little bit um as well as as road but, but not not, just... not
1: to the same level not not yeah. to the same level like she came, no, no, she was no. on no. the podium at the Monsantan cross country mountain bike race but yeah. it wasn't but it what that's it's not, not the same it's not as, as winning as, as winning all ago. the world as winning all the world cups and being world champion you know yeah. it's just not yeah. she just she just wasn't close
0: and so we've and had this... that across several disciplines and so then all of a sudden seeing her sort of you know back to Maybe not absolute peak, but back back in the rarefied era of her peak form, um, oh, on the road she, was just awesome.
1: She attacked so many times, and there were so many teams making it a really exciting race. I mean, we we it's almost a cliche about Plouay, Vegada, Drenta, They, you know, the Binder. They can be won in so many different ways. And it, but you don't know, and it, it's a fight for the classics riders to drop all the sprinters and stop the sprinters coming to the line with you mm. because you know it can end, and it can end in a bunch of sprint. Yep. I mean, I love, I love the ugliest climb in the world, the Cote, Cote de Timarek. <laughs> which is
0: it, it's so ugly. It's, it's so like even even the alien bleakness of Vontu is prettier.
1: I mean the alien, the yeah. I mean the alien bleakness of von Two is interesting, but police plur- yeah. Age but T just looks like a, It just looks like what it is, a dual <laughs> carriageway, yeah. and it looks and it looks quite benign as well, which is the funny thing.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So yes, yeah, so here we are, and Pauline had, Fran Provo had attacked a couple of times, and that was interesting. Like oh, oh. And then when Lizzie dainan attacked, and only Fran Provo could go to her, and it was a dainan versus Fran Provo, two up. Now we saw. Oh, do you remember that year in Willon where, put, where Fran Provo won and beat Lizzie, you know, beat Lizzie Danen? We've seen that they're very similar riders in their yeah. skill sets, um, yep. and in this and in their style. I mean, these two riders do not give any shit, and any shits at all. And Lizzie dainan I I say this all the time, but her superpower is mental manipulation Mm. like like you hear riders say that they've been in a break with with lizzie Dana and you're like why are you riding if i had no idea what i was doing but she convinced me that it would really help me get selected for the olympics if i rode like this now (laughs) that's a real real thing that that she said
0: and no i'm laughing because it's just so true like she has this like like and it's one of those things I think we've always appreciated about good racing and we've often talked about how, for example, Mariana Voss is brilliant at mind games and stuff. Um and she is, but it's a very different kind of mind game that she she employs. Yeah. Somehow Lizzie is simultaneously more direct and more devious. And yeah. it like I I don't think anyone else could make it work, but no, but she but. does. Now the
1: interesting thing is What's your betting it works on Pauline de Fran Oh, I'm
0: going to say somewhere around negative a trillion. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like, this is the thing. This is the thing that makes them so interesting together because they just, you know, I just can't imagine, for example, Pauline being convinced by Lizzie. That
0: no. It's not going to happen. Or vice versa. For some reason, I think of them as kind of like the spy versus spy of the women's peloton. <laughs>
1: And this is why it's so much fun to see them race each other. Like, I mean, in the end, Lizzie Dalen was just too strong for mm. Paulina Frenpropov and won, and as you said. Sarah Roy, though. Yeah. Coming third. I mean that. And... So the whole podium is full of full of interest to me, like full of interest to me because Lizzie Dana definitely putting her stamp down for worlds. Yeah. And you know, in typical Lizzie style, oh yes, I'm not at my peak yet in <laughs> that post-race interviews. <laughs> only Lizzie can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Sarah Roy. I mean, I am more impressed, I think, by Sarah Roy's third than I am by Dana and and Thorem first and second, just because it is a it is an effort to get to the finish as a sprinter in Plouet. i mean it, like we said earlier it can be done but it wasn't being done on that day yeah and so for sarah roy to do that i mean sarah roy just i just she's just growing in a really low key way like she's not She's not getting the big dun dun da you know, like lots of Lapisto got and stuff. Yeah. She's just she's just growing in a really low key, really fascinating way. And I think part of that's because she comes from Ouraca and you know, so often Ouraca tactics are terrible. But also they're not very they don't seem to be particularly good at like show you know, they 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 seem to choose which riders they showcase and they don't seem to showcase Sarah. Yeah, and
0: It it does I, seem like there's a fair amount of internal team politics slash AIS politics that kind of um, come into play with with that Whoa. team, but also we'll get
1: on to some of that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: a Dan rant for the ages. Um, oh, yeah. But but yeah, I I agree. I think Roy is really interesting. Sorry, and for those playing along at home, um, in classic Aussie tradition, um, that that's her name is Roy. Like. Um, it's just how nicknames here work. I can explain. Right? It to you how? Later.
1: Why do they say like Aussie tradition? Like they call Anime Van Vlouti, v- Van
0: Vlouten, Yeah.
1: Vluty. What is that about?
0: Well, just because it's short. I mean, you know, you can say Vlutin, but Vlooty's, You know, it's a little. You know what it really is? It's the diphthong. It's it's being able to turn the T into a D. That's oh, the, that's really what it is, Vlooty
1: lady but yeah. it just, it just, it's like how everyone. It's like how the Japanese riders get. I wonder right. about that. You know, when so there was um the most the old thing... Julian Wynn Julian Win, Wyn, the DS for Wiggle. Yep. Could never get Mayuko Hagiwara's name right, so he just used to call her anything. So he used to call her things like Mariko and stuff. And to me, it just smacks of disrespect Ooh. that you can't be bothered to learn. Yeah, no, You, know, you, one... got, a teammate, you got, you got, you got, a, you got a team member who's Adam Ad- Van Ad- 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 Vleuten. Um, she's there, you can ask her how to pronounce her name, you can't be bothered to learn how to pronounce the name, say so you just call her Vlody.
0: No, disagree on that, disagree on that, because I, I would argue that Vlody is a genuine nickname, um, and, and I think that's a whole different thing than, you know, calling Mayuko Hagawara Maruko, for example, which is just rude um but, i don't know i mean like
1: i i, don't I mean get for it. a start the your, Australian... thesis, your
0: thesis is assumes that anime didn't enjoy her nickname and i don't My know th- that that's true
1: anyway uh, anyway 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 where were we we go back.
0: the point is her name's roy and you know so anyway um i agree completely it's been really interesting watching roy get to europe um which was a, a a hard road for her to start with. Um, and a lot of people may not know, but she actually had to partly self-fund her first year, uh, trip to Europe. Um She wow. was l- literally selling stickers.
1: Oh, yeah. I had the Sarah Roy stickers. I think yeah. I
0: bought one. Yeah. Um, I I bought more than one, but yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so, you know, she, she's really worked hard. And so it's been super interesting watching. And also really interesting for me, particularly seeing then in as you talked about her development, because, you know, she's sort of first been more that kind of um, punchy slash sprinty all-rounder. And so I I am not sure that we've seen yet what kind of writer she'll ultimately turn out to no. be the best at, you know. No, and... how, how old is she? Um, she's not super old. I think 27. I could be wrong about that, though.
1: Right. So it's not like she's, um, it's not like she's like a, a, a you know, a, a, a teenager who we're not, we're not. no them, Oh, shit. No, it's I'm just... wrong.
0: She's 31.
1: 31. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so Dana and so vote, Eugenia Bujak, last year's winner. Mm-hmm. And Roy basically finishes out of a large bunch, um, you know, a large yeah. bunch of, let's say, 20. Eugenia Bujak, last year's winners, 4th. Elena Chikini, 5th. Shayla Gutierrez, 6th. Lauren Stevens, in 7th. Ingrid Drexel-Cluthier, the Mexican rider from Tivico, in 8th. Yep. Danny King, hurrah, nine, And Polona Batagelj of BTC City, Ljubljana, in 10th.
0: So there you go, Plouet. And, um, yeah, just super, super interesting, you know, not just in the race for itself, but also how it starts to set the scene for Worlds. And, you know, when you're looking at a... In, in great form, Lizzie Danian, and in great form, Pauline fran Provo and, you know, picturing billy goats butting heads in a field, like, you're starting to go, well, it could be really fucking cool.
1: Well, there is one problem in that scenario.
0: Only one? Okay, well, lay it on me. Two, the...
1: problems. Two problems. One problem comes up in the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour, but the other problem is the Dutch
0: team. well i mean i mean i mean is this one of the traditions that you want to get rid of is that what you're saying (laughs)
1: no i mean i genuinely genuinely think the dutch team this might be the best dutch team they've ever fielded and that's saying something i mean i mean
0: that's 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 saying like books worth of something but i think i think you're right though i the the dutch team this year is sensational
1: I mean, just. I mean, the only problem is the only problem I can think of is the Dutch team. Is will they? Is can they work together? And will yeah, they be racing against each other? That's the only thing everyone else can well, hope for.
0: That's that's literally what happens every year at Worlds and at the Olympics. Is the Dutch team notoriously fragments and they all ride very selfishly. So, <laughs> so I'm sure no one's got anything to worry about. It. I mean, for fuck's sake. Oh my god. Yeah. So. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so that is one hell of a thing. But uh, all right, well, let's let's talk no. Worlds more fully once we've got through bowls, though, because that also is full of um, interesting notes and, and information that we can bring into our Worlds conversation.
1: One of the things about Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour, it's a it's the first year it's been in the world tour. It's uh-huh. a long running race, the Holland right, Ladies Tour. I think this is this was their twentieth edition, mm. um, which is a long running race in women's cycling, especially for a stage race. And they had they they planned it really well. It, they had two. They had a prologue. They start with a like well they went slightly towards a prologue because it was 4.6 kilometers and a prologue is only under four kilometers. Yeah. So stage one prologue oh no so confusing i i I do want you know sometimes you look at cycling and go yeah i'm not surprised people find it a confusing sport because you know fuck um so the stage one prologue um uh was 4.6 kilometers then two stages that looked perfect for sprinters but with obviously dutch you know dutch attacks um two stages in the hills and an 18 kilometer time trial
0: which makes for overall a very interesting race.
1: Well, so interesting and it's mostly in the center and then heading down into the south into the Limburg hills. Now, I have never been to Limburg before, so I was very excited. And it actually looks just like like the part of the world I live in. Like it's all continually rolling and there's no um you know there's no flat sections and it's you yeah, know the hills aren't the hills aren't epic in Limburg. They're not like they're not like I mean, it's not even like going around, walking around Bristol and, you know, going up Constitution Hill or whatever, or Park Street. It's Mm. a very steep hill. They are, it's, but it's just relentless. And the last stage was the longest stage raced in the World Tour calendar because it's 160 kilometres. Yep. So, yeah, so um, we, yeah, the first stage was a prologue. uh, Very, 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 very unsurprisingly won by Annemiek van Vleuten. Um, because she is a prolog expert uh, really absolutely packed field like like really top field i think the only big name no Cervello bigler which was interesting and no uh, mariella voss which yeah. was bizarre i think um but yeah it was uh, the prolog you 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 kick off kick off with the prolog one by anemic van floeiten um ahead of
0: uh, uh, Dijk in second and- for sunweb yeah and then um,
1: Lisa Brunauer for Canyon in third. Yeah, so no, you know, just as you would expect a prologue to a, a prologue to kind pretty of pretty much to kind of be. Um, really tight, uh, tight uh, gap, tight tight time gaps too. So um, fun, fun times. I mean, Anna van der in fourth, Trixie Warwick fifth. You know, Amy Peterson, Chantel Black sixth. You know, Lizzy hmm. Danon in ninth, which I'm a little bit surprised by, but you know, I, I get because she was in an amazing form. Yeah. Now. Stage two was a 132 kilometers from Eibergen to Arnhem. Um, ended up in a bunch sprint won by Kirsten Veld with Maria Giulia Confandlonieri in second and Lisa Belandar in third. Now there'd been a crash, and that had um. There's pictures of Chloe Hosking holding up her bike because she had no real rear derailleur, so yeah. she couldn't sprint.
0: Yes, makes it uh, makes it a little hard to contest the sprint when you have no but, derailleur. Yeah, yes.
1: this this stage had been uh hit up by um by 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 breakaways as, as Eri Yon, Eri Yonanimi, from, Eri Yonanimi, from, Yonanimi from FDJ had attacked early and solo she was joined by El- Winanda Spur and Ilona Hooksmar. And as they were kind of racing towards the finish and the pack was getting closer and closer and closer, Eri Yonanimi attacks on the final la- lap. And when she was caught in like the last three kilometres, something like that. Yep. The whole crowd at the finish line just went Oh, <laughs> <It was laughs> but kirsten beard won it but and it had but you know the last two kilometers maybe three kilometers was a long straight it had a little wiggle but kirsten had won in such comprehensive style that she was had her arms in the air like bike lengths before the finish yeah like Bike lengths and still crossed way ahead of the um, others. It was just like this dominant sprint performance, and Vield's first win since um, since uh, Chongming. Oh
0: wow! Has it been yeah. that long? Okay. Yeah. So wow. good okay. for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just
1: but there's a big crash now. Hmm. The but the biggest drama out of stage two was overnight. In the morning, you check your Twitter what's going on, what's going on. And there's a picture of Lizzie Dana in the hospital bed with yep. her thumbs up. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh god, I hope she wasn't hurt in the crash. She wasn't hurt in the crash. She had her appendix removed.
0: Emergency surgery. Yay.
1: I mean, Lizzie Dana is well known throughout her career for having some, you know, some pretty weird medical stuff, if I'm honest. I think she had a gallbladder removed at some stage. And she went to track world championships and was allergic to her hotel room. You know, she has a lot of migraines and and food, you know, stomach issues and stuff in races. But having her, oh, my God, can you imagine, though, here we've been talking about how amazing form Lizzie Dana is in for Worlds. Yep. And she's still suggesting she might be
0: at Worlds. I, and the thing, the thing for me is like the worst thing in a way way. is that, yeah, like you can't, I, like, I can't dismiss that out of hand. She actually might. And that's weird, but yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's the crazy thing about it. Like she actually might do it. Like, yeah. But
1: I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's gutting, gutting for her because of you know. But it's also a little bit gutting for the race because I was looking forward to, you know, seeing you know Lizzie, Lizzie you know, could Lizzie effectively on that course? I think I mean, sure, Danny, hopefully, Dan, you know, Danny King will be there effectively on that course. She's she's gonna be. She doesn't have a team as even though we've got a stronger team for UK than in recent years, she doesn't have a team as strong as <laughs> no one. <has. laughs> strong as the dutch like but like we said lizzie's superpower is her mental is her ability to you know is ability to kind of get other people doing things that they shouldn't like and, yep. and then after it was going I, I i know i know it was stupid but she just really convinced me
0: <laughs> i mean okay <laughs> like
1: yeah <laughs> i mean i guess there's a reason that she has all those personal sponsorship deals right like <laughs>
0: It's just, the thing is, and I say this with all the love in the world, but from how plain spoken she is in interviews and stuff, it's just, it's so hard to picture. Yeah, her, she doesn't her,
1: seem like the type of person who be like... She doesn't seem like the kind of we...
0: person who charms anyone into anything.
1: Like... <laughs> and, and I like that
0: about her. Yeah, yeah, like, you that's know, a good thing,
1: but... <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like we're dissing her, it's just, yeah, it's just, she's not like a silver-tongued devil, is she? No. She's like... It's it's awesome. So yeah, so Lizzie Dayden out of the race. Now, Bowles, is this going to be a problem for them? They're now down to mm-hmm. five for ri- only five riders. <laughs> they're, yeah, their five riders are still Anna van der Breger, Chantal Black, uh, Amalia Diedrichsen, Christina Mayerus, Amy Peters. You know, like, oh, yeah, this isn't too much of a problem. So it looked quite interesting for how Orica would manage this, because as we said, Orica's tactics in general are pretty bloody shit, I'm sorry to say. So, um, yeah, so we go into stage three. Stage three is an ITT, and stage the prologue was a very technical prologue so it was like it definitely on the meet course but the stage three itt was an ellen van dyke course it looked a little bit technical on the um on the um on the maps mm. but then when you went to the corners like something that looked like a 90 degree corner is this beautiful swooping bends like this beautiful swooping curve that's just perfect for getting up the speed on so yeah, yeah. so it's going to be, so everyone name on everyone there's so many things to ask because this is one of the last ITTs before the worlds yep linda Willemsen's there and she's a former world champion so linda Willemson, anna van dyke uh, Lisa are all former world champions, Anna Van der Breger and Anna, Mieke, Anna Van der is the Olympic bronze medalist in ITT, and Anna Mieke van van Vle- Vliet is having the seriously having the career, it's the season of her career. Yep. So off they go, and yeah, it's like and Anna Mieke van van Vliet starts last, and there are some very strong times put down um, with Linda Willemsen, Anna Linda Villamson, who Anna Van der Breger couldn't beat and Lisa Brenner couldn't beat. That Ellen Van Dyke could beat, only one rider. You know, Ellen Van Dyke's the far, yep. fastest until Anna Anna Meek van Vleuten just hits it phenomenally and wins the stage.
0: Yeah. And, you know, her comments after the stage were that she just wanted to do her own time trial, test herself over the the distance because it was a longish time trial and not think about the other competitors and just go as hard as she could. And so obviously she was super happy. And I mean, like, let's be really honest, like any time that you're beating Ellen Van Dyke um, over a longish time trial, uh, you're doing pretty fucking well.
1: Yeah, I mean, she had a. Co- uh, her, her initial quote was, Yeah, I was only going at 90%, but that turns out to be nonsense because she was only yeah. going at 90% in the corners because there were some type you know, that was, yeah, uh, sorry, that was on the prologue. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I'm wondering about Anime van Vleuten, she is on absolutely spectacular form right now, but I'm just wondering if she's peaking too early what? because that the only thing that I was wondering. So, Anime van Vleuten wins, Ellen van Dyke four seconds behind her, Linda Willemsen 26. Anna van der Blega twenty thirty-two, Lisa Blenauer thirty three, Mika Kroger thirty seven, and Sophie thirty-eight. So, you know, the first the top ten are all within a minute of Van Vleuten. And then Trixie Warwick is like one one oh one. But I wonder who's in has Anna Meek still got some places left to go, left to race? Yeah, yeah. Right. No? And is it is Ellen van Dyck? At, well, I mean, Ellen. Ellen is always golden. Ellen is always like golden for quotes, and she's just like, "Yeah, I wrote as fast as I could, and Anamique was faster," you know. Yep. Like she's there's never any there's never an excuse with Ellen. She's just she's just golden, and hmm. yeah, it was it was interesting to see. <laughs> it's interesting to think. I mean, I don't know. Can we take this as worlds?
0: Yeah. As as a you know, it's like that old um you know on ads for like um stock share things and stuff. Past performance is no indication of future performance. Like, like, you know, you can't put too much trust in it, but at the same time, you can't entirely discount it necessarily. I mean, this is the thing, because also then it impacted the GC in that Anamiek extended her lead over Ellen uh, by a few seconds as well. So she's now had nine seconds on Ellen and uh, 40 on Lisa Brenauer in third. So, you know, helps build her a little bit of space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just trying to de-mic myself while I <laughs> can. <call> not <laughs> All right. I, so if I, I, I disappear, that's to. where I'm going. No, no. Um, so stage four is also a time. Tro- is also a sprint stage. Uh, One by Lisa Brenauer ahead of Chloe Hosking and Roxanne Fournier in third kirsten in fourth master yeah. master Bastinelli fifth um and that was good for lisa blenauer's uh, there's no intermediate sprint bonifications, but there's finish line bonifications so that t- gave blenauer 10 seconds before it. so those have all been the warm-up because now we're going to the mountain to the hills um yep. and you know the, the, the most southern point of the netherlands is very narrow for a country and it runs between the belgian borders and the german borders Right. And this rate So it's going down, running alongside the mast, and then going down right, 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 right to the very southeastern corner of the country. Um, really interesting course. Like like I said, no no name hills, no hills that you'd look at and go, Oh my god, they're on the Calberg. But you know, tight, tight course, and it has um a you know, long run-in and then a couple of loops at the end. And yep. lots of attacking, lots of attacking, big group gets away. Um, Anna van der Breger attacks, and Anna van der Breger attacks out of it, and only Van Vleuten can follow her.
0: Yep. And Who they end- basically had to follow her. <laughs> like.
1: Yeah. yeah, and Anna van-, van der Breger attacks a couple of times, and then this is my this is my slightly controversial interpretation of it. I think Anna van der Breger attacks a couple of times, and then Anna van Vleuten says, Tell you what, I won't attack you for the win if you ride with me. That's what I think happens.
0: Yeah, well, look, and of course, we can never know actually what was said, but it would make sense. It would also make sense if it was the kind of thing that they could have not needed to, you know, actually discuss. Like, it can just be like, that's a pretty pretty standard thing to do in that situation. Like, there's no way um, Van Vlitten's gonna, um, you know, let, let Anna ride off on her. And so, yeah.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, uh, Van Vleuten uh, Van der Bregger won and very useful for that for Bregger to win because it's the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour and Bowls were there as sponsors because it's their neck of the woods so um, uh, yeah but yeah I mean it was it was quite an interesting quite an interesting win uh, Van, Vle- Van der Breggen for first Van Vleuten at the same time didn't look like it contested the sprint to be honest Amy Peters coming in in third Janneke Ensing in fourth in a big group of around um, around let's say or riders at 48 seconds but that had all your um you know your 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 ellen van dykes and your linda Willemsons and your yeah. Indies, Indies And that so, was the
0: big advantage for anna meek because that shakes ellen who had only been nine seconds back on the gc all the way down to a minute three and she dropped into third and yeah. anna got up into second so you know but that's yeah. a comfortable 43 second uh you know difference coming into the last stage so yeah. Yeah. now
1: the last stage, I think, was one of my absolute favourite in terms of watching a race races. I'm, so I'm watching this. I need to tell you about how I'm watching it because we are – I've seen the race social media with um, Teo Sikama, who's a fantastic uh, – he's a freelance journalist. He makes films and radio shows and stuff like that, TV work. He's great. I love Teo. And so we were going out together. I was doing the English updates Teo was doing the Dutch, and I was taking photos and was t- Teo was was taking films little films of and we were um, it's quite hard to get around these courses because they <laughs> twist and turn. I mean, Limburg—it is so like Wiltshire or or Somerset, which I know is like completely useless to like 99% of you guys. But it's not just that it's hilly and up and down and up and down and up and down all day. But the roads are continually twisting, and they are lane—they're and they're mostly lanes. So you know, like one, th- one 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 car, one lane wide, um, and. It's not like well, I've been to Groningen before and Groningen province is very, very flat and open. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's a little bit bleak and it's beautiful. But it's just it's, you know, a flat and open thing. Yeah. Two things make a difference in Boar's Rentals Ladies Tour. One thing is that there are fewer like big, flat, wide open spaces because they have more trees, more windbreaks, you know, more. Um, but the other thing is, is the time of year. So a lot of this is growing. They're growing corn or maize in the fields, right? right. And the corn or the maize is, is like over two meters tall. So there's no kind of stick it in the gutter action because right. there's no... Um, Cause you've because you've got effective even when it's wind Yeah, Yeah, and you're windbroken by the corn. Mm. And that makes it really interesting because it would have been a completely different race if it was run in the spring. I mean, it's beautiful.
0: Of course, you've got to be uh, cautious of zombie attacks and whatnot coming out of the corn. (laughs) Children of the corn. Yeah, yeah. You
1: you have to watch out for feral children and things like that. I did actually go walk into a cornfield after the race was over because I just wanted wanted to experience what it was like standing in this corn.
0: And and I did
1: laugh to myself about, you
0: know, yeah, probably where you picked up the plague that you're now suffering from. So.
1: Oh, of course. I've got a zombie plague. Yeah, a zombie do you think, corn do you think, plague. Shit, do you think I've been bitten and just not recognised it?
0: Yeah, or maybe you bit something.
1: I didn't bite anything. Oh, yeah, but do right. you think
0: I've...
1: Do you think I mean... <laughs> Do you think I've been bitten and just haven't recognised this time slowly? And, and you know like how when you have a cold and a cough and you feel like your lungs are literally yep. putrefying and coming out through your nose? This is Do you why, think that's what's actually happening?
0: This is exactly why epidemiologists are terrible people to go to the pub with. Because basically every horrible disease in the world starts with the exact same thing. Flu-like symptoms.
1: Ah, <laughs> So basically, so so dear listener, if I never, if you never hear from me again, it's because I've been zombied. Brackets brackets don't let me too close because I might bite you.
0: Exactly. Um, If you're in the southwest of England, flee now. Like, just just go north, go.
1: Awesome, zombie plague. I've brought zombie plague back from the Netherlands. Great. Uh, Okay, so yeah, so you've got, but you've also got quite a lot of windbreaks and not hedges in the British sense, but, but, you know, lots of like trees lining, the. you know, there are quite, thick woodland by the side of the road and there is some gorgeous woodlands in um you're cycling through gorgeous woodland and oh god Limburg would be such the perfect place to go on a cycling holiday because it is just lovely and there's you know you stop by the side of the road and there's bike path you know bike path signs you are on bike path 48 and if you go that way you're on bike path
0: 52 it's great do you know what they call a cycling holiday in Dutch a holiday yes okay um i was waiting for the joke (laughs) yeah well i mean it is like the dad joke of bike jokes but it's just true so Um,
1: we're so yeah so we were zooming around in the car and we'd kind of get out at certain points and try and take photos and do films and stuff and and we were watched so we were and then we were close enough to get in then we'd get back into the convoy and so we could hear the race we could hear the race radio and it was a lot of fun and it's also a lot of fun doing live twitter because Felix Mattis was Felix Mattis was doing the live tweet for the UCI and Felix is so fun and good and you just end up working as a team you know you end up working as an unofficial team with him like I'm not competitive about we know, if I'm doing race Twitter I'm not competitive with anyone else it's not about getting the information out first it's about sharing information you yeah. know and and actually if Felix has said something I don't need to necessarily say it or I can quote his tweet and add some context on top of it you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. it's it's really yeah. I, I really enjoyed that part of it so it meant that like if, if we weren't you know if we went back to, for example we'd go back to the finish early yep. and so we weren't getting live race radio we could use Felix's you know Felix's updates and and you know and know what was going on know know what was going on that way now this stage it it was at the Tom Dunneland bike park which dan the Tom Dunneland bike path has an
0: artificial hill um let me just let me just uh pause I need to double check uh is artificial hill your favorite kind of hill
1: yes artificial hill <laughs> might be my favorite kind of hill in the whole world to the point where when i got out of the car and saw it i mean first of all it's not very high <laughs> so when we pulled up outside the tonsil bike park which is in this kind of unassuming parcel that he's opposite like a football stadium and there's a mcdonald's down the road and i'm like but where's the hill <laughs>
0: because it's not
1: You're particularly on it. <laughs> it's not particularly tall at all and and then i saw it and i just laughed delightedly out loud and it's like it's not that i i mean i'm not mocking it because it is this awesome thing but it's got a 10% gradient and a 22% gradient and you know it's just if you lived in my city and you saw it you would laugh at it being called a hill but then you know if you lived in my city and called saw what we called hills you and and you come from i don't know france or spain or india or you know, or China, you'd laugh at what I think is a hill too, right? Like yeah, everything's relative, yeah. and it's got like, it's got a cobbled path up it, and it's it's got this amazing tarmac, and oh, it's awesome. And there were um, there were girls' races being run before the race, like um, right. So Prior to Tice, the women Tice, getting there. yeah. So Tais Rondhoes, who's the um, Tais Rondhoes, was the um, Rondi, If I was uh, Australian, I guess. No. no, no. <laughs>
0: No, you're, you're wrong. Sorry, just, no.
1: Yeah, anyway, t- t- Taste on Taste was, uh, uh Rondy was, no, um...
0: No, just no. <laughs> you try and slip it through, but, like, eh, you just, you don't even understand it. So, like, you can't, you can't do it. Like, classic, classic bloody Englishman, you know, trying to, trying to dictate someone else's culture to them. Bloody hell. Sorry, you're gonna to have to talk like <laughs> it's <going> die. <laughs> what I like is that you were doing it to try and cheat me up and then I accidentally choked you to death, so
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um so t- t- Taze, he runs the healthy aging tour, right? And he doesn't run this group, but there was there's weirdly and the Healthy Aging Tour has this fantastic junior girl junior women's race. It's you know, probably the biggest I would say it's the biggest junior women's race in the world. Um, definitely stage race, if not day race. And and it's particularly special because like um the trofeo favourite Binders junior race, it's on the same day, same roads as the elite women, and it's just it's fantastic. But there wasn't a surprisingly, there wasn't a national series of junior women's races in the Netherlands. Right, and so taste spoke to some other race organizers some of them who were organizing races already and some you know and some people who you know just put, put them on for this and they set up a series the healthy aging series the healthy aging tour series of nice. um you know of a, na- a national series for junior junior women and newlingan uh, Newellingen are the youth category they're like 15 to 16 years old um, so they were all milling around at the start of the race. And I got a gorgeous photo of Cassia Niodoma with the young Polish riders, the G- Polish juniors, you know, there's some British riders. Pfeiffer Georgie was there and um, she won the junior race. Uh, and there was just, it was just a really nice race, like a lovely, lovely race. I adored it. It was great. I'm just not, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fun. So there's all this stuff that's going on, on this, on the, on the course while the elite women are out there.
0: Cool.
1: They, they're, so they're kind of doing t- three big figure of eight loops, and then they're coming back to go to finish on the Tom Dumoulin park bike park. And I was being a bit, a bit, ha, 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 is that 10%? Ha, 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 that's not an uphill finish. And it's Sarah. They've just ridden 160 kilometers. That is going to kill them. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, yes. I take your point. I'm wrong. Um, yes. mm. So... It's tacky as hell, and this really interesting group gets away. Like they, they literally get away. The first eight riders get away at kilometre three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so Dutch star racing, yeah. and it has. Um, and the the, near, the highest up the GC is Roxana Claytman, who's like four and a half minutes down. So Orica are just laughing at this point. There's no Orica rider in. There. Almost every team has got uh, riders in this break, yeah. Apart from Orica. And it's all going swimmingly for Oraka. They're just, you know, just riding along, laughing, having a good time, enjoying themselves. And then Cassian Uodoma attacks out of the um, attacks out of one of the chasers um, and gets up to the group with Janika Ensing. Now, yes, yes. Now this has. I mean, in the break already there was Sabrina teams and. Lucinda Brand from Sunweb. Yeah. But Yannick Ensign has got Chloe Hosking in the break and uh, Cassino Dome has got Jean Corovar in the break. And almost immediately, Hosking and, uh, you know, this is like way over halfway through the race. Let's say it's 80 kilometres, something like that. Hosking and Corovar basically get on the front and start working like absolute lunatics because, you know, there is a chance that this could work. And it's just so much fun. And then they're racing, they're riding. It's crazy. Cassie Nuadoma coming towards the finish leaps out and goes solo. Ensing's chasing her. There's like a group of six riders: Ensing, um, uh, Alexis Ryan, Lucinda Brand. Um, uh, you know, uh, riders like that. Sorry, yep. sorry, riders. I, I'm not quite. I, I'm not quite on my top on the top of my game today. Um, uh, and they are racing like lunatics and Cassie Neuadoma is coming closer and closer and closer to the finish solo. And then behind her, the, 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 the chase is like, hit is like gearing up like phenomenally. Um, Cassie Neuadoma gets caught, I think around three kilometers from the finish by Ensing and Lucinda Brand and uh, someone else. Sorry, Ryder and uh, Alexis Ryan, I think, and, then uh, Janica Ensing just attacks and goes straight ahead of them. And it's, and it's only like Neuadoma and brand behind between them, right, with the Peloton yeah. charging down. And it was just a phenomenal race. Like, like, Really, really exciting, super exciting to see because you're on the top of this man-made hill, and they're coming in and they're doing like pretty much two kilometers around the track, right yeah, before they yeah. get to the, man- the top of the man-made hill. But yeah, Janneke Ensing in just such a dis- I- Janneke Ensing has been so close to a to- you know to a top win for so long, and she's so she's good at everything. She's a really good all-rounder. Typical Dutch problem in that she's like, oh yeah, look, you look like you're the eighth best Dutch rider.
0: Yeah, right, shit
1: which doesn't sound like much mm. in any other country, but holy shit, she's yeah. amazing. And, yeah, so, I mean, I was so sad. I was sad for Cassia Nuedoma, who had just been completely glorious in this race, and it was just devastating for her, but equally wonderful for Yannicka Ensing, Like, just, just, you know, mm. you're like, wow, I want everyone to win at the same time. It's like, it's not fair.
0: So unlucky. Um, yeah. Mm.
1: So, yeah, the wins the final stage. Um, Yeah, uh, Lucinda Brand's second, uh, Cassia Liodoma's third, Marta Bastianelli, and then the big, big group, because, you know, the chase had just eaten everyone else alive. 36 riders finish in the same group, Marcia Bastianelli. But the big name in fourth, but the big name is, of course, Annemiek van Vleuten has won the Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour without, it seemed, breaking a sweat.
0: Well, there you go.
1: It had never once looked in danger and it was, it was just, I mean, on the one hand you're like, Oh, well, you know, I kind of wish that someone else had taken the the, you know, the leader's jersey for one stage or something. Cause that would have been fun, but you can't like, you can't deny no, it. it was an it, undeniable, fantastic win.
0: It was a great win. And also I think, you know, it was still a great tour in terms of the, the um, variety of types of races that they managed to pack into, you know, six stages. And, yeah, I mean, I was you know, Van Vleuten was good at all of them. <laughs> yeah, which isn't and, the fault of you know anybody. Yeah, I mean, right, you, you can't that deny happened. that. Like, yeah,
1: no, yeah. this is the thing. Now, I just want to. This is the thing. Some people were saying that this, the the sprint stages were boring. Oh, it's a really boring race. Nothing happened. And basically, what happened was, you know, when you're, I mean, when you're trying to, to and, and of course, if you're sitting on the roadside, it might look like nothing's happened because it looks like it's a big bunch. But inside, it's this huge washing machine of, yeah. of attacks trying to get away and not getting away and, and you know by the time the these... radio tells you and i'm a bit i'm a bit i do have a thing about people saying that kind of racing is boring because i don't think that's the right word i think it's completely fine to say yeah i don't really like sprint stages that was a sprint yes stage. yes and and talk about and and but what really gets my gets my goat is when people say oh well nothing happens yeah absolutely yeah happened just because someone didn't get away and i i think it's fine to find something boring i do yep. I'm, i you know, sometimes people tell me off because oh sarah you can't have exciting races all the time not you've got to admit that all races aren't exciting but i don't i think there's a mm. huge difference between saying nothing yeah. happened like implicitly nothing happened nothing exactly. happened
0: I think, um, I think you're exactly right like like i couldn't agree more i mean to me i liken it to like genres in anything else you know movies music books whatever you know some people like sci-fi some people like romance some people like drama some people like comedy whatever you know some people like mountain stages some people like sprint stages some people like classics some people like all of them you know, and and no one's right or wrong in what they like, that's fine but I agree completely, I don't think you can look at a race like this and you know, the sprint stages and go, nothing happened, there was a lot going on it's just not the kind of thing you're into you know, or
1: or it wasn't successful because this this is the thing it's the last day, like when you're like when, when you're kind of doing, and I guess in a men's, you know, in a men's race, you can probably legitimately say nothing happened for an hour because, you know, the early breaks gone out. and I'm not, you know, some people really like that too. Yeah, You know, that's yeah. not just men's racing, but it's just this thing of like being quite uh, about it, which, which, which kind of frustrates me. And it's especially frustrates me when it comes from like media types, because I kind of feel like, you know, we should know better. And we should be just, you know, there's... Yeah, there's, well, it's...
0: that's the thing. If I mean, particularly as a media type, if, if that's how you're feeling, then you're A, either failing to spot the story or B, failing to communicate the story. Either of which is a real problem if that's your chosen. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean I
1: think I think I think it's also about, you know, you could be tight you know, it's the end of the season, it's the yeah, end well, of a very yeah, long season true. and stuff. But but I think and it's difficult because, you know, I, I mean I've been t- I've been pulled up, up on this too. Um I think Rochelle Gilmore once pulled me up on it where I was saying about Course. it was oh it's just, you know, it's boring, isn't it? She's like it's a sprint stage. There's got to be races for sprinters as well, you know, like like yep. yeah yeah it's yeah it's not going to be the it's not going to be the you know it's not the the sprint stage is all about the finish but the sprint stage is also about the sprint teams i mean the 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 complete control of for example Ale cipollini and uh, silence in this in the sprint stages was really really you know the the chasing down of absolutely everything and and, and there's an argument that says that women's cyclists should let some of the brakes ride, you know, what's what's stopping you? Why is you know, and especially because some of the smaller teams especially do have a penchant for chasing down absolutely everything. But, but I, I genuinely don't get it. Like, you know, if there's a breakdown yeah. of three small right of three small team riders and they're not going to make it to the end and another small team just gets on the front and completely chases it down like lunatics, I, I question that because that's just doing, you know, then Bowls and orica can just sit back and laugh, right? I, I yeah. you know you're I, doing,
0: I you're doing the work of the big team as well them Mm. i mean the only thing i can assume in that situation is that lizzie dane and slid back in the peloton and just had a quiet word to them um, and and convinced them to go (laughs) for it but um you know and to your point about you know la and and um uh what's his name um controlling everything in, in the sprint stages and stuff i mean that's also reflected in the the team results on the overall la took out the the team classification um, you know, and,
1: and... Oh, I, I thought it was Bowles. Bowles bowls took out the team classification.
0: Oh hang on, I'm looking at the stage result, aren't I? Of course. Fuck. Yeah.
1: yeah. Bowles took out bowls took out the team classification. But, so yeah. Bowles took out the team. uh there's also there's a lot of jerseys in this race. So you have oh, yeah. the sprint jersey. I would I would I would cut some of them to be honest. You have the sprint jersey, which is the intermediate sprint points. Yeah, you have the points jersey, jersey which is basically yeah, the points jersey which is based on the um on the finish line finishing position in the race. Yep. So that's the per- person who's basically finished high you know finished high up on most on most stages which was uh yeah and then you've got the and I mean I I've got a new favourite rider. You'll be surprised to hear. I really like. I mean, I really like Winanda Spoor, who I've you know not really not really met before. And but Winanda um, was out in the break on stage two, and she took the points jersey and so the sprint the sprint jersey, and she just made a really really good fight for it to win every day. And she was hilarious and funny. And you're like, oh, Winanda, are you going to keep the jerseys today? <laughs> oh, if I finish the stage, I'll be lucky. She was just really <laughs> sweet and fun and funny. And you should all follow Winanda Spoor. Like, very kind of sarcastic. Like she was just like funny. The point, the mountain jersey was won by Alexis Ryan of Canyon Schramm, Um, Van Vloyten. Now, here's the thing about the race. I've worked on the Healthy Aging Tour like uh, three times. This is my fourth time at a Dutch race. And I've been going to races for a couple of years now. And obviously I've worked on the Health Aging Tour a couple of times, which has monumental crowds. And this race felt really interesting because it's it had um the crowds everywhere were huge yeah right. were, you know you're standing in the middle of the mark on the a, markets on a the market, market square not all of them were like the rusendale crowds at the start you know people oh they weren't very good at the start but then at the finish they were like this street where going, i don't wonder why they're finishing on this street and then you realize that it's full of bars and all the bars have their tables outside <laughs> <laughs> and all the people outside on their tables are cheering while the itt as, goes past it and that's the rusendale yeah. yeah um But it was really interesting because Annemiek van Vleuten is a massive, massive star in the Netherlands. And she's probably more famous after her Olympics, where obviously she had, she crashed, than Anna Anna van der Bleger is for winning. Yeah, right. And that was like, like Annemiek van Vleuten could not, and she really enjoys it. And she's really good with kids. And she's really good with like, like at one point. When Anna, and Vals, when Anna van der Breger and, and Anna Meek van Vleuten had come one and two, they were both being interviewed by the media. And this woman, this old woman, just comes up between them while they're both being interviewed, puts her arm around them, and tries to get a photo. <laughs>
0: as, as, as apparently you do. Um, and
1: Anna, van, Anna van Vleuten was like, what are you doing? Can you yeah. not see I'm being interviewed? And, and she is so good; she gets her interview taken. You know, she gets her picture taken with everyone. She gets her selfie taken with everyone. She's a real star. And she was just like, "What's you doing? Like, yeah, this is not right." Like it was. It which was you know Dutch Dutch people forthright. Yeah. Um, and it was it was it was a really interesting moment. But but she could not get anywhere. And I think and afterwards. So when I first went to races, there was no one filming practically, and. You know, I've been to, you know, I've been to the first couple of races I went to, God, let's say back in 2010, maybe, like there was no one filming. Now, part of that is that everyone now has an iPhone, right? Or a mobile or or equivalent um i'm using the hoover thing an iphone (laughs) um everyone now has a smartphone where you can interview much easily and it's interesting watching how people who were filming on their film cameras last year are filming on their phones this year
0: yeah
1: yeah teo was filming on his uh his 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 iphone but with like a um uh tripod and a microphone you know so it's that kind of combo of easy and then he was you know editing on his editing editing on his phone um but there were like literally six or seven different video interviews for every rider to do after the race right um like and that was um so there was us the race there was uh rose and freddie doing the in the 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 highlights for the uci youtube there was felix doing highlights to stick on the to videos to do on the uci twitter there was local tv there was national tv you know there was us as because we had also had a um a set of camera people because they were also sharing the in in, sharing the stuff with nos nos sport the national state the national broadcaster and that was really interesting to see because it feels like we've tipped over somewhere. And there was frustrations because it could be quite hard to get the riders to the podium in the first place, but especially because and it wasn't just Anna Meek that was being stopped. It was Ellen, it was Anna, you know, it was it was all the Dutch riders were, you know, getting a lot of a lot of attention. And I wonder if we're going to have to change the way that women's races are in general. I mean, obviously the Over Energy Women's Tour has insane crowds, and we all know that. But this is a you know it's a it's a it's a smaller organized race than ovo you know and it's yeah it, it it I wonder if we kind of got to that tipping point where for example, when they go to the podium, riders are going to have to be you know shuffled into a media enclosure for example rather than just walk up to you know rather than just walk up to the podium like they've done before mm-hmm. And there's and some riders are really good at the doing interviews and understanding about having to stand around and wait while they get another person to do it. And other riders aren't used to it yet. But it's going to be it's going to I think it's going to I think we're going to have to I think women's cycling is going to have to change from its, you know, friendly. uh, and, And that's going to be a shame for people who go to the races. But it's it's really fantastic to see for the sport. Like I've never, it was very different,
0: you know? Yeah. I get what you mean. I mean, I guess this is part of that ongoing narrative that we've talked about over the years of, of the, the need to grow and then the growth of professionalism in the elite levels of the sport, you know? And, and it's not like there won't be a place for that sort of interaction at all. It's just, I think that will, you know, that the, the home for that will naturally flow down into, um, you know a a um development tier of of women's road cycling or something like that you know where where the races are a little more open and a little more accessible or or something like that or or you know it, even if it is just that it's a more structured thing at the elite level you know which is fine too i don't think you know i don't think anyone like Anna or or mariana or anyone else is suddenly going to turn around and stop taking photos and stop talking to fans Um. It's just no. But I think no. But
1: I think they are going to have to. I think they are going to have to because there's
0: so many of them. Because
1: it's like because you're going to have to. You're going to have to make a choice between getting back to your van and starting warming down, or 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 talking to the next. Or no, no, to no, no.
0: Fans. I, that's, I don't, I, I, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, what I meant is they're not going to stop doing it altogether. It's that it's got to move into a more structured way to do it. So it becomes time and place rather than yes or no for right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's. there were some really cool things that happened. So I saw in the in the stage that finished in um, in Vets, where I was staying, um, there was marinda Vries, who is... Um, oh, nice. One month away from having a baby.
0: Yeah, I saw a photo her I think baby, on Twitter. Yeah.
1: Her little baby daughter, her future cycling suit. She said, "I can't say that because it because it, it it's too much pressure for her." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. She hasn't even been born yet, and you're putting that kind of pressure on. Yeah,
1: Jeez. so yeah, and and that was lovely. But Marine and Ninka de Jong they wrote a book together about um brown yep. v- Vrouwenfeets about women in cycling, and so they were doing in in Wirt, after the race. A, so the 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 this podium was in a in a um in a square like a pedestrian square after yeah, the, after the race you finished the race and the crowds were huge like it's not just like crowds around the finish line but like lining yeah. the roads coming up to the finish line it wasn't ovo level crowds but it was still it was you know really, it yeah. was still really big you know really big objectively big um objectively big crowds yep. and then afterwards they in this in this square, there's a theatre at the back, of the theatre has a bar. And so the theatre were putting on an event, um, a, cycling cafe, a cycling cafe and cabaret event, where Mariah and Ninka were talking about women's cycling with various guests. And there was a singer, so they they they'd talk a bit and then there'd be a singer, like in bat and the band playing, and it's an outdoor bar and there's these tables and it's just, you know, just really good. And so Annamie van Vleuten, um, because she was leading the G C and and Lisa Blenauer, because she just won the stage, came up and talked with the audience, you know, and they and Marianne and Inka and the host talked about it. And it was just I think why doesn't every race have one of these? Mm mm really really good like really really big mellow crowds like you know you're sitting there you can just you can chat with your mates while you're not listening it's on all on mics up in the outdoors i mean just just like a really nice evening do and then lots of live music like i'm like why don't more races do this this is amazing and yeah it was fantastic there was there was so much like there was all these kind of there's this kind of thing going on in it like yeah this is this is mainstream. It felt mainstream, you know? Um in a way that like bike races, even in the Netherlands that I've been to I haven't haven't you know, haven't felt before. And and it it was like, yeah, like people like you just oh what's going on? Oh, it's a bike race. Oh right, okay. Um and you'd hear them just talking like, oh right, okay, is, is Mariana Boss here? No, but Anna Van der Breger is an Oh wow, yeah, I'll stop and stay. Like like this is and that's you know these are and it was on um the the clips the clips were on it wasn't shown live but the clips were on nos like the like this is the equivalent of bbc one like like say they have a sports they have a sport uh a national news and it has a sports section on every night this was the equivalent of that yeah. so yeah it was um it felt it felt like we've crossed a line in women's cycling in the never not just in the netherlands because this is you know it's like these are this is this is like a really this is like a big a big race. It felt like I mean I'm used to it. I expect this from Flanders, for example. Um and I expect it from uh, you know, Elgem and stuff like that. But this yeah, the interest was well, the interest was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I missed the plot. Um yeah, so that was my week. I had a really lovely time, like tons of crowds, tons of tons of tons of stuff going on. Um love going to a bike race love hanging out with um corinne Mazzocchi, who makes the films from wiggle and felix mattis and sean velofocus and yeah it was a and rose and freddy and yeah, it was and and yolanda babalia who writes on um ciclismo femme the spanish website and um sean i'm uh, sorry saul Sa- Sa- capelmore who does tv comms in spa for spanish eurosports you know they're all these like Lovely people, so I had a I had a pretty bloody good time, and I wish you were all with me, dear listener. <laughs> but it hasn't all been roses and clover this week, has it, Daniel?
0: No, it, it it well. I guess it depends on who you are. If, for example, you're, let's see who's fourth on the world rankings. If you're the United States of America, you're probably pretty fucking happy. <sighs>
1: um,
0: so, as we alluded to at the start of the the cast, beloved listener. Um, uh, th- 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 coming into certain events on the cycling calendar, like the Tour de France, you can just expect a drug scandal to be broken the day before it starts. Or yeah. the Olympics, some kind of polemica will rear its head for sure. Um, or before Worlds, some team will decide to do something absolutely fucking bullshit stupid, like not take a full complement of riders. Yeah. This year, apparently, it's Australia's turn to be fucking moronic. Although... The one saving thing I can say about it is that the guy responsible for the decision is fucking English. So.
1: You hired him though. Like, clearly, you know, I think clearly,
0: we clearly, didn't. sabotage. Clearly, we didn't an act of international sabotage from a former British Cycling and Team Sky alumni. Uh, by the name of Simon Jones. So
1: what the hell did you? But no, I'm I'm genuinely wondering yep. about this. It's what the hell Cycling Australia was thinking when they hired a former British Cycling and Team
0: Sky alumni that oh, surprisingly okay. I can they're not.
1: They're, no, listen, listen. Let me finish. That surprisingly wasn't going to give a shit about women's racing. I, I mean, can
0: tell you. I can tell you exactly what they were doing though. Uh, I'm not saying this justifies it. I can just tell you exactly what they were thinking because they hired him after the Rio Olympics, where on the track we got absolutely spanked by British. 6 6 gold to none like like But he's not but he's
1: not on the tr- he's he's, I, he's, that's, the, um, he's he's the he's he's doing the road director.
0: stuff no he's the high performance director he covers the whole lot so basically, you went for you. You looked at British so Cycling's
1: trap. So, well, when, when 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 they had all British the bullying things. Revenge. When when they've had the, when they've had the bullying, all the bullying allegations and harassment allegations and sexism allegations going back years and years and years. And they looked at him and they went, you know where you know where we could get pull someone from. We'll pull someone from British yes. Cycling.
0: Yes, that's exactly it. He is, he is British Cycling's revenge for, um, Shane Sutton. Yes, so you know, fuck. So tell, tell
1: the listener what so, happens. Alright, so
0: the thing is right now on the UCI World Rankings Australia is third, um which is... Which is pretty,
1: incredible!
0: Pretty awesome for us, I mean it, it's it's literally, you know, well well above where you'd expect to find This it. is in um, Women's Road. Yeah, in Women's Road. Um, which means that we qualify for, rather than the five riders that you would normally take to the World's Road Race, we qualify for seven. Um... And so Simon has made the... Some people are politely calling it brave. Um, brave people that's... are calling it fucking idiotic. No, right,
1: right. No, right. no, 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 no. You don't understand British. Um, if When people are calling it brave, that's a very brave decision.
0: No, that I'm basically... talking about... Australian oh, okay. newspapers are saying oh, that's okay. like Because not... I
1: was going to say that's basically, if you were a PG Wilkes House aficionado, you'd be talking about Colney Hatch when someone starts talking about Brave and sure. being British again. Anyway, yeah, But um, if, you, so if his you're brave British, decision. yes, but in
0: Australia, that's just being polite. Um. So, anyway, yeah, he's decided to only take five writers. Um, and the thing is, look, you and I both know we've followed the sport for a long time, and all jokes and, and whatever aside. Sadly enough, this is a tradition that we would love to let go from the sport because every year some team basically does this. The thing is, most teams usually go, oh yeah, it's a budget thing. We can't afford to take eight riders or whatever. Um, uh, Somewhere. Yeah, whereas, you know, this is Norway and we've got, you know, basically all of our riders are based in Europe already. So it's like a 90 euro easy jet flight or something instead of, you know, a $3,000 flight from Sydney. And so it just doesn't add up. But the thing is, right. Jones isn't Can't even breathe. pleading. He's not right, even breathe. pleading. He's not Take even pleading. Breath. He's not even pleading budget. Like it's just fuck. It doesn't make Dan, sense, Sarah. Dan, it doesn't Dan, make sense. Dan,
1: Dan, 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 do me a favour. Just, first... just put your You've got to let me. You've
0: got to let me know. I've got to do this. I've got to do it. I got. Dan, it put has... your
1: head between your knees and breathe because no. you're not making.
0: No, breathe. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. His first, so obviously everyone basically is clamoured to interview this guy. And the question has basically started off, you know, like the published versions are uh, translated into international English. But in Australian English, um, basically the first question everyone asks is,
1: what the fuck? What the fuck? And um, this is because, and it's a hit, so this is, so the thing is, is it's not just that he's taken five riders, but he's not. It's not necessarily the five. There's some. There's some kind of. There's a key. There's one key name I'm a bit surprised about.
0: Oh, there's. There's. A, yeah. Anyway, so his defence of it, though, this is what really pisses me off. His defence of it doesn't even stack up. Like his 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 response to that question, you know, why are you only taking five uh, when we're qualified for seven? He's gone right from the outset. I challenged all the coaches and staff and selection people not to tell me about team size, but to tell me how we're going to win. Then he skips down to, with the women, they've done well this year, but w- from what I can see looking at the events in the single road races or the big races, we don't have a clear athlete that we can back 100% with a full team. So he's literally in the space of answering this one question. This isn't even over the course of the whole interview. This one question gone. I challenge them to, to come up with a way for us to win. We can't come up with a way to win. Therefore, we won't take a full team. What no, the fuck? No, no, fuck?
1: But he's also kind of talking about it in Bullshit. And later on, he goes on to say um, that, oh, yeah, well, in the last couple of worlds, it's possible to win with a very small team. And he's, oh, you know, in the last three worlds, that's happened. Now, this has happened only once in the last women's, in the women's, in the women's worlds, in the last few women's worlds. And that once was last year when Amalia Diedrichsen, in a sprint, basically, in a genius fucking tactical move, sat managed to get herself in position to sit on the Dutch lead-out train wheel and beat Kirsten Wilde in a sprint.
0: Yep. And it was genius tactics, and she executed it flawlessly, and even that said, she still had all the luck in the world with her and amazed everybody. I mean, that is literally... no Full full respect to her. Like, she raced no, brilliantly, no, no, but, no. but that is literally the, the once-in-a-hundred kind of no. situation. It's not a normal also- thing.
1: No, but also Amalia Diedrichsen is a bit of a one in a hundred rider. Amalia yeah, Diedrichsen. Yeah, but... is... no, listen, Amalia Amalia is a two-time world champion, um, road junior world junior world champion who had come off. She just won a stage. She won the first stage of the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour. She was in fantastic form, and her DS is Kathleen Marcel, who is the first ever junior world, you know, junior road junior road world champion. Became the first one to be junior and elite and was, um, and is. You know, a zero winner, a tactical genius. So it's not just luck that Amalia had no, there. It, yeah, no, it's, it's, absolutely,
0: it's... it's not just luck. But that's my point. Exactly, is that she had all of that going for her, plus luck, and it's still a one in a hundred thing. It's not a normal thing. So this whole this whole thing of oh, winning from a from a small team. His other quoted example of this was Peter Sagan. It's like what 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 are you fucking smoking?
1: This yeah, guy's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I think I think the thing about the Peter Sagan stuff is that there is an equivalent rider to Peter Sagan in the women's peloton. Right. And the equivalent rider to Peter Sagan is Marianna Voss. And when she won the um, and when she won the uh, the, the 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 road world championships, when the, the Italians worked out how to beat Mariana Voss. And that was by riding as a team and riding with a without one clear rider to back to win her. Right. Yep. And so Mariana, you know, so, the, so basically the whole, his whole premise when you come to women's cycling is wrong. He says they came to me and they said they, we, don't, we don't have one clear rider to back to win. The answer is that's not how you win women's world championships.
0: Well, certainly not with the riders that Australia has to offer, but also you don't win championships by not taking all of your options. No.
1: And it's also when you look at um, when you look at like when Tatiana Goderzo won the world, champ- you know, the world championships and it was Tatiana Goderzo out in a break with Mariana Voss and and and. Uh, uh, Georgia Branci and both of them could have won. Both of them could have won because they were just going one two one two one two one two, and that's how you beat. That's the only way you can beat the Dutch. Yeah. Now Lizzie Dana, I think here's the other problem is that when when British when Lizzie Dana won the world championships in 2015, British Cycling didn't even give her Swan Year support that day. Yeah, and I think that it's. I think that it's. Um, I think that it's just. It's like, so they basically gone on the basis that it's happened once before. So, you know, so we don't actually need to support people. But that's such bullshit. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Dan, he said we don't need to take every rider to, 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 to win the world, right? We don't have to fill up our places. So that means that they've, um, they've shrunk the men's team too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. The men's team is now at a record low of 10 riders, including Heinrich fucking Hausler. How uh, how's, how's Heinrich Haussler been doing this year, Dan? Nobody knows. He hasn't been racing because he's been recovering from a horrific knee injury. Um, and, and, and
1: who's their who's their lead racer? Who's the who's the lead racer that they're backing? The, this one rider they've got to
0: back. Hundred percent, all in for Michael Matthews.
1: What's 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 the Bergen course like, Dan?
0: Fucking perfectly suited to Australian sprinters, apparently. <laughs> which which leads me to my final bit of outrage the fuck? If it's perfectly suited for Australian <laughs> Sprinters, why isn't Chloe Hosking there?
1: Oh my god, I the thing that really shits me about this is we just talked about the Bowles Rentals ladies tour right, where we talked about um where we talked about the last stage Chloe Hosking had been in the break and, and how she would basically been out in the break all day and when Yannicka court was caught there, she went on the front and worked her heart out, yeah? Yep. That's what you want in Worlds, isn't it?
0: And this is the thing that kills me is, you know, and and I'm outraged not just for the the stupidity of it or the unfairness of it to the chances of the Australian team, but also to the riders that were selected. Like, it should be a proud moment to be selected for your national team. And instead you've got writers going, I, I'm really happy to be selected, but I don't understand why we're not taking a full load. And, and basically having to wrestle with the fact that their own federations basically gone, yeah, we don't believe in you enough to send a full team.
1: Yes, 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 exactly. If you're Gracie Elvin, for example, what they're yeah. basically saying is, yeah, Gracie isn't Gracie isn't worth it. But at the same time, let's take Heinrich Hauschler because Bling Matthews can really get over those hills with all the climbers.
0: Apparently, and like it's just ridiculous. So, you know, it's not a. An- finished story because chloe hosking is lodging an appeal but the window for that to be sorted you know very very narrow and
1: and it fucks and it fucks i mean it fucks chloe anyway because if chloe is launching launching an appeal she's now pissed off the director of australian cycling i mean i think that maybe he just assumed that like women's cycling wasn't big in australia and the Australians don't care about it because, you know, it happened in Britain so much. And the British, you know, yeah. the British media lives just passed it over. I mean, I've, uh, I've got a big, long list of things that happened in British cycling. But he I don't think he understands. Like it's you don't go into worlds. You can't in 2017. You can't go into worlds saying um, we will only have a one strategy you know, you. I mean, it's it's bonkers anyway. Yeah. I mean, look, look at Britain. Like, we Lizzie Lizzie Danon was our is our ones is our, was our one strategy. Yeah. Now she's she's burst her appendix. But you can't go into worlds because the Dutch don't and the Italians don't go no. into worlds saying you, you go in with opportunistic riders who are going to riders who are going to race as a team and absolutely Chloe Hosking could have been like yeah Chloe's yeah. not going to win worlds but you know but she can get but maybe she gets into a break like the last time australian women got a, a medal at worlds was rachel nayland where yep. rachel Naylan was in a you know pointless break that was waiting for the main event to happen and none of these riders are going to be particularly good oh look mariana Voss is bridged across to this break
0: and it changed everything and it turned that break from a dud into a holy shit if they keep putting time in like this it's all over
1: yeah and and tiff cromwell for example could be you know tiff cromwell yeah. could be that i mean how
0: can you not take
1: tiff cromwell to bergen it's like I it's know. just
0: like it's, it's it's a course that is so placed... to i mean i know you know Tiff herself would probably say that it's not been her her best season but like this is a course that really does play to her in multiple roles and this is the other side of it too is we've got really experienced writers there we've got writers with a lot of skill like we've just talked earlier on this very podcast about Sarah Roy and she's a good selection but she hasn't you know like like she would benefit from having a couple of extra more experienced heads around her to help her make the most of this opportunity yeah, yeah. and like this is this is it's just such a bullshit decision from every possible way that yeah. you can you can read it. And to me, it is just utterly impossible to view it through anything other than the complete disinterest that Simon Jones has in women's cycling. I mean and, like, and, and it look, just reeks of it.
1: And look and look what you've got. Like look what you've got cycling mm. Australia. You've taken on you've chosen to have someone from a team and a federation that famously doesn't give a fuck about women's road cycling, and mm. doesn't really give a fuck about riders as pe- riders as people anyway. Um, yeah. Which you know, and some people go, "Oh, well, it's elite sports, Sarah. They shouldn't be handheld." But it's like, no, fuck. There are loads of federations who manage to win and also look after their riders. You know, you don't have to be an asshole about it. Now, yeah. like, like we said, this isn't this doesn't just happen in Australia. This isn't about Australia right now. This is something that you know, Britain did this a couple of years ago, where Danny King, where you know, where Sharon Laws, and you know, was actually at World Championships, and Britain didn't fill their place. And I've got a solution. I've come up with a solution yeah. for this my solution is the AS because this is also should piss off the UCI because they've only got a set number of places and there's lots of countries who want places i yep. think that if you don't take if you don't accept your full allocation of riders don't you if only for let's say for the top ten teams or even for the top five or six teams yep. if you don't select your full allocation if you don't use your full allocation of riders you ha- you get one less person one less spot next year across the board for your squads
0: Ho, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so so only for just... the top
1: teams because there are you know there are a lot of teams who, for example, sure. you know maybe you're going to have worlds in Qatar again and it's very very expensive. Okay, okay, I understand that. But if you're a, if you're a top ten team, you've got the money. You know, let's say a top yeah. six team, just to be nice, just to be nice to your Sweden's and Denmark's and stuff, you've got to take. Because the other thing is, is even if you said, okay, well, I don't think that Chloe Hosking can win, so you won't take her. I, you know, I think that, that I'd, I'd say that you're insane. But what we're going to do Mm. instead is we're going to take a load of our young riders, so they get their first experience of Worlds here.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm, 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 I'm up for that. I'm up for that too. But yeah, so the other thing that you can do is say, well, let's say by a certain point, if you've just, you know, you've got to tell us how many riders you're taking, and then those extra places are going to be redistributed.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot.
1: And, and, yeah, but I think it's, yeah, next year, and next year you get one less ride, one less space across yeah, so you your whole four... teams.
0: Yes, yes, I like that a lot. I, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Dear UCI, please just put Sarah in charge of women's cycling. <laughs> Thank you.
1: No, but it's because it's, I mean, it is just, I mean, the the thing is, is, is if there was, the thing that really shits me about all of this is that Simon Jones has got, he's lying, you know? Like he's, yeah. the logic doesn't, you know, if if he said, well, we don't need to take so many riders because because small teams can win. Look look at Sagan I mean, Sagan is a men's. This is the other thing that really annoys me is when people use men's cycling as an you know to justify their shit decisions on women's cycling. But you know, you wouldn't be also taking bling. You know, you wouldn't be taking Hausler. I mean, what even is that like? It, and it's not anything against yeah. against Hauschler. I'm I you know I, apart in you know, the drink driving aside. I'm you know I like I like Heinrichen. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not against him personally. It's just, it doesn't, it just, it's you, if you're going to put out excuses like that, it has to logic, you know, you have to, it has to make sense across the board. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, good luck, good luck bling Matthews, because I would not put this as a bling Matthews course personally, but, you know, especially as everyone I've said, talked to who said, what do you think about the Bergen course goes, it's actually much harder than it looks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone said that. I mean, like literally everyone has said that. Um, and I... I think it's going to surprise a lot of people who are still adhering to this idea that it's a sprinter's course. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh well, we'll see how we'll see. I mean, God, I'd be really gutted if um, if Bling Matthews wins now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really confused about how to feel if if one of our five riders does does win the women's race, oh. like you know. It, but it, like, I think the other thing that really pisses me off about Jones in particular is if he if he actually articulated any kind of actual strategy for yeah. how to win the race, then I could accept maybe he does actually believe his own bullshit, but he doesn't. He literally says that it's just, you know, our, our team's going to have to keep their heads down and take take their chances if it gets there in a, in a sprint. It's like, what no, the but there fuck? Is,
1: but there is a tactic. That's not the way you should be going in. You need to be saying... Yeah. I mean, because you cannot go into world championships going, you know what, the Dutch are just too strong. The Dutch are unbeatable. I mean, that's that's what... Yeah. That, everyone said. We said that last year, right? But Catherine mm, but Catherine mm, yep. Marcel didn't say that, and Amalia Diedrichsen yep. didn't say that. And I mean Amalia, I think everyone expected Amalia Diedrickson to become world champion one day. Yeah, she's she's just yeah. she's she's a phenom. She is she is a phenom. She's there's only been three riders who've won the junior world championships in both years. You know she is a she is a total phenomena. phenomena. Everyone was surprised that she won, but no one was surprised that it was it was like like you didn't go. My God, Amelie Diedrichsen! What a shock! You know, it was just like, wow, she rode incredibly cleverly. She could have said, "How that everyone and everyone did that." You know, the Italians, the Italians look at the Dutch and don't go, "How can we?" You know, what 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 should we do? The Italians go there. Well, you know what? Let's just let's just grind them down, make them chase early and often, push them really really hard, try and get in their heads, um, make sure that you know, make sure we don't care, we don't care who wins as long as it's one of us. That's how, you know, yes. the Dutch are beatable.
0: Um, yes, absolutely they are. But uh, And you make an excellent point, you know, and I, I, this is part of why, despite all this uh, Cycling Australia fuckery, I'm really excited about Worlds because it's going to be a great race. And it, it is how you beat the Dutch. I mean, someone's got to take the race to them. It's one of those things that I always find interesting because there's a lot of younger sort of teams in terms of nations. Like, we we've joked so many times about um the the u s for years you know putting in these these insane like like just inexplicable early attacks yeah. <laughs> just like what are you doing yeah 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 you know? yeah yeah
1: yeah when the usa is going out early and, and they're and they're and they're yeah. attacking and then when they're doing things like chasing like chasing like chasing the Dutch and stuff and you're like and, and yes yeah. and it's yeah it's bizarre it's the bizarrest thing and it's I, yeah. The only thing I can think of is that some of their riders aren't, you know, their riders aren't confident riding on Peloton in such a big bunch. But, mm. wow, yeah, like, like, that's, that's yeah. just, that's just lunacy. But
0: So, you know, it, it is part of the joy of Worlds is that it presents all these different dynamics and, you know, different teams, you know, because, because well, not everyone, but a huge number of the, the Worlds Peloton race together in their trade teams and, you know, mostly know each other. Oh, quite yeah. and stuff. So the dynamics become super, super interesting. And as you say, the Dutch are such a comprehensive unit. But I think one of the things that was so good about last year is that, you know, um, the Danes, you know, really did prove that they are bootable. You've just got to be smart about it. And, you know, hopefully that means that we're going to see more nations turning up with actual plans rather than, you know, Australia with fucking hopes and prayers. Keep keep our heads down
1: and hope we get into the right break. I mean, oh... Yeah. I just, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, congratulations on your choice of performance director, Dan. I'm really scared for Tokyo now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thanks. I mean, they probably won't take Chloe
1: Hosking to Tokyo, right? No Chloe Hosking, no Sarah Roy, like, you know.
0: My my only consolation is that at the moment, it looks like North Korea might be stopping Tokyo from happening altogether, so... (laughs) Fucking on that cheerful note. Yeah,
1: well, um, so next week we'll have, we'll talk about the Lotto Belle, Lotto Belgium Tour, we'll talk about the Tour Lardes, We'll talk and we'll talk a lot about World's Prep. So please do stick around, and we love you all very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> Good to chat. Uh, hit Sarah up on Twitter, at PWCycling, on me, at official. Thanks for putting up with a long one tonight. We'll uh, talk to you again We soon. love
1: you. Bye-bye.